20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Folks, it's day three of Packers training camp, which means it's also day three of the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everybody. Mike Wetman's right here. Joining me, Tyler Grezegork. And we've got quite the show for you today. We're going to be breaking down over and under for the targets for what we can expect for the receivers, tight ends, and running backs on this roster. But first, a quick recap as you look back on yesterday. And Tyler, what, what, what did we talk about yesterday in the Pack a Day podcast with so many of these great writers and broadcasters? So yesterday they took the liberty of going over the offense and they kind of, you know, they spit out some hot takes, had some fun sound effects, and it was just a good discussion. They went over the offense and, you know, kind of gave a brief prediction of what we could expect to maybe see that offense look like as a whole uh, when week one rolls around September 9th. Absolutely, and I've been keeping track also on social media of the Packers' practices from their beat writers. And for what it sounds like, this offense could be extremely explosive, could be a lot of fun to watch as we roll to September and the regular season getting just around the corner. Yeah, with guys like Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis who add completely different dimensions to this group that this team hasn't had in years, I fully expect to see a lot more creativeness, especially, you know, gosh, the the three-headed monster at running back with Williams, Montgomery, and Jones. There's just so many targets and options for this team moving forward. Absolutely. But whoever, sadly, one of those targets who will not be there anymore was Michael Clark, a guy who a lot of fans were super excited for this year. He came in, he had a lot of buzz last year, making a lot of circus catches in camp and in the preseason, played in a couple games, had four catches. He decided to hang up the cleats. He's stepping away from football. We don't know. We haven't gotten any reasoning behind it, but either way, that's going to be that's, a, that's quite the loss for a, a receiving core that's very young and looking for some more depth. Yeah, there's quite the cl- uh, the cloud of mystery around a guy who is just a physical specimen. I think he's standing about six six, just a freak, an a freak athlete, and it's really sad to see a guy like that hang it up so early uh, with so much promise in his young career. Absolutely. So sadly, Michael Clark no longer on the on the team. His number eighty nine has gone over to Mercedes Lewis. The big tight end gets his natural number back after all the years he spent in Jacksonville, and that'll be a very welcome sight to see. But as we kind of move forward, the the guys yesterday did they talk? They made their own predictions on the fifty three man. Like you said, they started with the offense. Just for the two of us personally, very quickly, I guess who do you see making it? We'll start at wide receiver. So I think this team could carry six. I think seven is a stretch. Uh, but the six guys I think this team could carry into the regular season are going to be Devonte Adams, obviously, Randall Cobb, obviously. And then that's where it starts to get a little mysterious. Um, you know, you've got Geronimo Allison, Trevor Davis, and then the three rookies. And I think those five guys are fighting for those four spots. Ultimately, though, I don't think any of these rookies, except for maybe Marquez uh, Valdez-Scantling, make it out of the practice squad. I think that if if St. Brown or if J. Ma Moore end up on the practice squad, they're just going to get post right away. So I think you're looking at... All three rookies is my prediction. All three rookies on the regular 53-man roster. And then I'm going to go with Geronimo Allison. 
even though Trevor Davis provides that value as a kick returner, and he's one of the few on this team that supposedly has that value, I think that there are other players on this team that can provide value at that position. We'll see more as training camp uh, training camp progresses, and you know, kind of who can fit that role. But so I'm going with Adams, Cobb, uh, St. Brown, Valdez Scantling, Jamon Moore, and Geronimo Allison. Okay, and on this end, I'm actually going to. I think they're going to keep seven. I think. One of them may be a consistent game day inactive, but I think they're going to keep seven. And I, I actually have Geronimo on the way out. I think he's going to get passed by Jamon Moore. And, and so I'm going to go with Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb as the obvious starters. They're both due for big years. My number three is going to be Jamon Moore. I think he's going to take Allison's role from him. I think he's a, more, a better athlete. He's a guy who's going to be more refined a lot quicker than Allison was. I think he's going to jump that spot. I do think Valdez Scanling and St. Brown make it. I think MVS will be a game day inactive more often than not since he doesn't bring too much special teams value just yet. Trevor Davis has been really the primary receiver that's been a returner so far in camp, so I think he's going to be preset there. Then I'm going to go D'Angelo Yancey. I think he's a guy, he slimmed down a little bit. He's a little more focused this year than he was last year coming out of Purdue. And I think he's a guy who's he's gotten a couple snaps with the ones already in these first couple days of camp. And he could, he could be a guy who brings that outside element of strength and speed to bring some big plays in there, much like we saw from guys like Geronimo Ellison, but a little bit better. So I think Yancey's got a real shot at this team, and I think he's he's earned it as a fifth-round pick from last year, and it has improvement that he's shown. Yeah, definitely, and he's a guy that is kind of flying under the radar. Um, I just, I'm not sure if he's going to do enough this year, but I mean, again, it's very, very early in training camp, and second and third year is when you're looking for that jump from players. Uh, one more thing on Jamon Moore, early reports out of training camp is that he has a natural rapport with Aaron Rodgers, and that he has learned, which is one of the bigger concerns, he's learned how to play different receiver positions pretty easily which is you know one of the bigger concerns for him coming out of Missouri so good signs for him uh, moving forward here absolutely and so we'll move on to the other receiver spot I guess for tight ends very quickly who have you got do we each have three maybe four Uh, I'm gonna go with three Uh, and I think there's only there's two locks and it's Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis I think they're gonna be the two primary guys I think we could actually see significant snaps from both of them. Jimmy Graham more in an inline, I'm sorry, Mercedes Lewis in an inline inline role, and then Jimmy Graham lined up out wide. And then the third guy, so other hosts on this podcast have said Robert Tanyan. And I think that's a fair that's a fair assessment, and I, I don't think there's a problem with him being on the 53-man roster. But my vote is going to be for Emmanuel Bird. And I think Emmanuel Bird uh, has a chance to make this roster because he can provide – a special skill set at the tight end position, similar to Jimmy Graham. And I I just, I feel like they're not going to want to let him go. And I feel like he has a spot on this roster, mostly because he could also contribute on special teams. I see where you're standing. And Bird was a guy who I had making it before they had signed Mercedes Lewis. I'm going to go with the aforementioned Graham and Lewis as well, but I'm going to go, I'm going to say Lance Kendricks does make it one more year in Green Bay. I think his ability to be that H-back type role can open things up as well. Out of the backfield, he can move back there, play like a Chris Cooley type role like he's done, like he did when he was with St. Louis. And I think his versatility helps him out a lot. He's a willing blocker, if not exactly a great one. And Bird, while still young, I think he could be another year where he develops on the practice squad. I don't think he'd get claimed by people because he, he could be, as much as it's going to hurt people saying it, his athletic profile is very similar to what Brandon Bostick's was. And Bostic was hyped up a lot as a tight end prospect before that whole onside kick thing. 
So I think Bird could get one more year of experience on the practice squad, uh, getting used to NFL football. And I think Kendricks will get one more year as that hybrid tight end who can do a kind of the cross section between Graham and Lewis. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Aaron Ripkowski makes his final roster? I think he does. I think Joe Carriage does not. Okay. So I'm under the belief that if I understand what you're saying about Lance Kendricks, but I believe also that this team is losing its value for a fullback, even though it may not appear. So, I mean, there's rumors of Aaron, of Aaron Ripkowski not even going to be able to make this team and they're going to go with Joe Carriage, but neither one of them are like the best fullbacks this team has had in the past 10 years. Obviously that's been John Kuhn. I just, this team, I feel like is going to be running with a tight end blocking. And if you want to get rid of the fullback, I think you can make justification for Lance Kendricks because he is going to be the best blocker out of the remaining tight ends aside from Graham and Lewis. I just, you know, when you start adding fullbacks and then you want to add an H-back kind of guy in there, that's when it starts getting a little murky and, you know, touches are tough to come by. That's very fair, and that, that's, like, again, it's early in camp. We'll see how preseason goes. Lance could really struggle, and he could be gone. Same with Bird or Tanya, even, but we'll see. There's still plenty of time left and a lot of football to be played. But now as we move to the backfield, uh, we have the running backs. Obviously, Aaron Jones suspended for the first couple of games. Could open things up for a guy like Tavante Mays. So we'll take Jones out of this for the first couple of weeks. Among the other backs, who do you see making the 53? So, obviously, you've got Ty Montgomery, you've got Jamal Williams. Uh, I think this team could carry a third running back for the first two weeks. I mean, I feel like, or first four weeks, I'm sorry. I feel like they need to, and I feel like that guy's going to be either Devontae Mays or Joel, uh, I don't know how to say his name, Buonian. Boynian, I think. Boynian, there you go. I think Devontae Mays wins that that position battle, though, and I think you're looking at Montgomery, Williams, and Mays for the first four weeks, and then reevaluating once Jones returns from suspension, and then you've got Jones, Montgomery, Williams. I agree. I can't add anything to that. I concur 100%. So with that being said, we have who we think could make it. We have a numbers in front of us, some over-unders for targets and receptions. We'll go. We'll just go down the line and we'll briefly talk about them. But I guess before that, we, when we get to the three rookies, we can't expect too much. Over the years, the receivers, when they're rookies, haven't gotten a huge percentage of targets. The highest one under Aaron Rodgers was Devontae Adams. He got 12.5% of the pass attempts from the quarterback during his rookie year. Other than that, it was Jordy Nelson with 10 and then Randall Cobb with 6. So the rookies have to do a lot to earn the trust, and it's usually not going to happen during that first year. Yeah, I 100% agree, and that's why I, I actually put a lot more stock in the reports of the rapport between Moore and Rodgers because that's actually going to mean a lot more to this team than it would to most because Rodgers is so selective and he's so confident in himself that he is just going to throw to whoever he wants to. It doesn't matter if the guy's even open. He'll try to force it to you if he has faith in you. So if he has a rapport with a receiver, you know, he, it's going to bode well for that guy. And I think, you know, if Moore continues to build this rapport, he may actually have a surprisingly good year. Absolutely. So I figured let's start at the bottom at the, of this list that you've made for us. We'll go from the least amount of targets to the most as we continue to uh, move our way up to the depth chart. We'll start with the two rookies, Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez Valdez-Scanling, ideally the two best names on the roster as well. Both of them have been projected for 20 targets and 15 receptions this year. Mm -hmm. Tyler Grezegorek, do you go over or under for those? 
Sadly, I think I'm going to go under. I'm a big fan of both of these guys. I think uh, Equinemius has some things that he needs to get straightened out to be a successful NFL receiver. But I think he has the tools to do it. It's just not going to happen this year, especially with the receivers that are in front of him. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling is also another long-term option for me. Not necessarily going to be impactful this year. I agree with you on MVS. I think he's going to be under. I think he'll be a game day inactive most weeks. I think St. Brown will go over for targets. I think he's going to get a few more chances later in the year. I think he will be under in receptions, though. I think he's another guy who could be inactive for portions of the season, probably because of my thoughts of uh, Yancey making a second-year jump. Fair enough. So we move on to the other rookie, Jamon Moore. The over-under is 30 targets and 20 receptions. Yeah, the ratio of catches to targets here is a little bit different because I feel like he's going to play a different type of role on this team. He's going to be the kind of guy that's going to stretch the field, so he's going to have a little bit uh, harder uh, time trying to catch the football. And, you know, I'm going to go with, if he takes over Allison's role, definitely going to go over on the 30 targets and the 20 receptions. I think we could see somewhere between around 50 targets and somewhere around 30 receptions for him if... You know, he go if he surpasses Allison on the depth chart. I, I agree. I think he's going to have. I'm going to go over for both as well. I think he's going to have a very similar number to Adams's rookie year. Not as many targets, but very similar. I think he'll be around 50, 55 targets, and he could be a guy who pulls down 35 passes. He's shown to have pretty good hands, and he has a knack for getting open. So the next man up was Lance Kendricks. He was 20 targets, 10 receptions. This one will go brief. I'll start. I'm personally going to go under for targets, but I'll go even for receptions. I think I'll get 10 passes this year. Yeah, if he's going to get passes, it's going to be in the red zone. And this could be substituted with any third tight end, I think, makes this roster. I think you'd be looking at them at about 20 targets, 10 receptions. But I'm going to go under on the targets. And, I'm yeah, I'm going to go again, like you said, even. That's a good point on the receptions. I just – I think – he, if a third tight end makes this roster and is playing, it's going to be in the red zone, and there's just not going to be a whole lot of opportunity for them. Absolutely. Next up is a running back. That's Jamal Williams. Surprisingly low over-unders that they've given him, 20 targets and 10 receptions. I personally am going way over for Jamal. He's shown to be one of the better running backs for the passing game on the team. He's the best pass blocker already, so he's going to get a lot of third-down looks there. And I think he's going to, and he's shown to be good in the screen game. I think he's going to be way over for both. I think the idea here is for me, the fact that he's going to be third running back on the depth chart, in my opinion, and the second and second off, I'm expecting Aaron Jones to take a big step forward in his passing game uh, development, specifically being a pass blocker in the backfield. And then Ty Montgomery, I envision passing uh, downs to be his specialty. So that's kind of why I. I'm not going to necessarily even. I think it's a, I think it's a little low as well. I'm going to go over on both. I think not much though. I mean, we had it set at 20 and 10. I think it gets about 25 and 15. I don't think he's going to get a lot of work in the passing game like we saw last year. Fair enough. So let's go to the next running back. the The consternation of some sports writers wearing number 88, Ty Montgomery. The over under 60 targets and 40 receptions. Tyler, what have you got? I think that's actually pretty fair. So 60 receptions out of the backfield is going to be pretty good for a running back. He might even play some snaps in the slot or even outside. He can play anywhere. And I honestly feel like he's going to get targeted a lot this year pending his health. And that's a big if. So, you know, I'm going to go even on both of those, actually. I'm actually going to go slightly over for targets and slightly under for receptions. I think he's going to be targeted a fair amount early on. 
but I do think he's going to be keyed up on early on as people see him as a very true passing game. They're going to match up a slot corner or a speedier middle linebacker there to be a little more physical. And I think he may have some struggles early on as he adjusts to that more hybrid role compared to just being a typical running back like he was last year. But now we get finally to the other running back. That's Aaron Jones, of course, sitting the first couple of games with his suspension. 40 targets, 20 receptions. Do you have over or under? So I'm going to go even on the targets. I'm going to go over on the receptions. So this is all barring his development in the passing game as a pass blocker, like I just mentioned. If he can, if he can develop there and he can improve, he's going to get on the field more on third downs. And that's just going to help this, elf, this offense even more. As you just mentioned, you know, Ty Montgomery, if that's his only role, defenses will start to key in on it. So if they can have a guy who can be in there and, you know, they can run the football or they can pass it, you know, that's just going to help even more. And Tom Montgomery could be that guy too. But, you know, when you're trying to find touches for all these guys, it just kind of happens that they're going to be set into specific roles. Absolutely. And that's part of why I'm going to go under for both. I think if one, the fact that he's going to be sitting out some time mm-hmm. could hurt. So he could be a little bit rusty when he comes back. And then, so he's may lose a few snaps on those passing downs to Montgomery and Williams, and maybe even Mays if he continues on the team. But I do think as the year goes on, he'll start to assert himself more and get a few more targets. But I think it's just going to take a little bit longer to get that going. And he'll be, he'll be more productive in November and December than he will be in October. Well, one thing I hope to see more of this year is screens, and Joe Philbin is back, so i am got my finger crossed, I'm hoping. So I, I'm hoping there's more screens and more utilization of the running backs out of the backfield. Absolutely, and, and all three guys can be very good at uh, working those screens. Mm-hmm. So now we get to the other two tight ends. We'll start, because we'll, as our time is starting to run down, Mercedes Lewis, 30 targets, 15 receptions. I'm going to go over slightly for both. Mm-hmm. I think most of his touches will be in the red zone, but he's going to get a lot of looks as teams double up Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I'm going to go slightly under on targets, slightly over on receptions. I feel like he's that kind of guy that could be forgotten in an offense. You know, we talk about his blocking and how good he is at that, but he's definitely a capable receiver and he can hurt defenses underneath. Several times last year, Jacksonville would just run a little H H screen or H back screen with him. And he would just, you know, filter out into the flat and they would just throw it. And everybody else is downfield. The Mercedes Lewis, you know, being the behemoth that he is, is just running full speed at defenders and nobody can take him down. He's getting 15, 20 yards a pop. I think that's the kind of role we could see for him um, outside of the red zone, inside the red zone. Obviously he's just a physical specimen. And I feel like Rogers is just going to have so much fun with him. And then his compadre Graham on the other side. Absolutely. So going to Jimmy Graham, 75 targets, 50 receptions. I'm going way over for both. I think he's going to have a Jermichael Finley-type statistical season. He's going to get well over 100 targets to me. Fair enough. Uh, I think I think he's going to be one of those kinds of guys that gets targeted a lot, but I also feel like he's one of those types of receivers that just gets bombarded so physically when he's trying to make the catch. And I feel like that could drop his catch numbers a little bit. So I'm going to go slightly over on targets. I'll go slightly over on receptions, but I'm still a little hesitant. Um, I think he's going to have a big year. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like he's going to be mobbed by opposing defenses. Absolutely. So right now, penciled into the third receiver spot is Geronimo Allison. Your your projections were 40 targets, 25 receptions. Naturally, since I don't have him making the team, I'm going under but what are your thoughts on Geronimo Allison's projections? Well, even if he makes this team as a third uh, receiver on the depth chart, 
he's going to be like sixth or seventh in targets as far as, you know, the pecking order there. So 40, 40 targets and 25 receptions for him, I feel like, is a very fair assessment. As the sixth option, sixth or seventh option on a team and the third receiver, I think that that's a fair option for him. I wouldn't expect him to get a lot of red zone work. I feel like he'd be, he'd be uh, you know, inside the numbers out there. So it's going to be interesting to see if he even makes the team and what his role will be in the offense. So as we get to the final two receivers, we'll start in the slot, Randall Cobb. 90 targets, 65 receptions are the projections. What do you got? So I'm actually going to go over on targets. I think he could I think he could eclipse 100 targets. Now, only f- there's been four times in the Rodgers era that two receivers have had more targets. And in, in all of those seasons, um, well, and actually not in all those seasons, but in, in those seasons, Cobb has been involved, I think, twice. And I think this could be another year with him and Devontae Adams, who I think is going to easily surpass 100 targets this year. So, you know, when we're looking at Randall Cobb, it's going to be really dependent upon his health as well. He, he's he got one of the best catch rates in the NFL. So if they throw him the ball, he's going to catch it. So I'm going to go over on the catches as well since I'm increasing the targets. I agree. I think he's going to get close to or just over 100 targets. I think he's going to get over 75 catches as well. Uh, contract year. He's a guy who's shown when he gets the ball, he can make some plays. And I think with Jimmy Graham opening up the middle of the field, like Finley did back in the early parts of this decade, cop could have another year similar to that. So I'm going to go over for both as well. So then we finally get to Devonte Adams paid like a top 10 receiver plays like a top 10 receiver. So I'm guessing he's a top 10 guy. He's got 130 targets, 95 receptions. Tyler, what have you got for Devonte? Uh, I'm actually going to go even on both. I'm not sure if he eclipses 100 catches that year. It's That's just a tough feat to eclipse. I feel like he's going to be keyed in a lot more than he was last year by opposing defenses. I feel like 130 targets is the amount of targets that you're going to give to a number one guy. Now, one more little brief tidbit that I want to bring up before uh, you give you give your over-under. Twice in the Rodgers era, three guys, three guys have had 90 or more targets. So if we're going to have three guys this year with 90 or more targets... That's going to be Jimmy Graham, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams. I think we can agree on that if, if everybody's healthy. Agreed. When it happened in 2011, it was Nelson, Jennings, and Finley. Very similar dynamic. You got Nelson working on the outside, Jennings working in the middle, and pushing uh, pushing vertically. And then you got Finley, the dynamic tight end in the middle. So we could see another year where three guys have 90 or more targets uh, on this offense. And do not forget that that offense in 2011 was one of the very best in NFL history, and yes. the Packers went 15-1. and one. Uh, I I agree. I'm going to go slightly under for both, not because of Devontae, but because of the options around him. Aaron will spread it around a little bit. I think it'll be around 125 targets for Devontae, so it won't be a uh, big drop. And I think about 85, 290 receptions. I think he'll get that 1,000-yard mark this year, and he'll get his Mm -hmm. double-digit touchdowns. But I think having Jimmy Graham in that red zone, having Cobb in the middle of the field is going to open up things a lot more. So Devontae may not get... The, num- the the counting stats, but his, his average per catch is going to be astronomical, I think. I, I totally agree. He's he's tried to reach that 1,000-yard mark, and it's just been elusive to him. I think he was like four yards short or something last yeah, year. three yards two years three ago. Three yards short. Oh, three yards short two years ago. And he just hasn't been able to reach it yet. I think this is the year he can do it. He's the number one guy. You know, teams won't be able to double him. You know, I mentioned that teams are going to key in on him. But they won't be able to double him because of the other options on this team with Randall Cobb and Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, and then the weapons out of the backfield. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun to watch this year. 
Absolutely. So we've gone over, we've gone under, we've even gone even a few times. That has been the Pack a Day podcast. My name is Mike Wendland, Tyler Grizzagor joining me. Tyler, where can people follow you? So I'm on Twitter uh, at Tyler underscore Grez. That's at T-Y-L-E-R underscore G-R-E-Z. Always posting football stuff. Look me up. And I am Mike Wendland. You can follow me at Mike Wendland. That's W-E-N-D-L-A-N-D-T. I'll be doing a lot of football and baseball stuff as well as other random tidbits that I get just going through my mind any given day. You can also find us both, of course, here on the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Follow the Pack-A-Day Podcast on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher. Cheesehead TV is also hosting our podcast as well. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow as well. we got Zach Jacobson and Matt the Great Batube checking in tomorrow, bringing you more of the Pack-A-Day Podcast and seeing what's going on in Land of the Cheeseheads in Green Bay and Lambeau Field. Have a great time. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over, gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over. Starts to his left. Now he moves, starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high, what